Hi everyone, Ange here. Before we get into this week's episode and review of Little Miss Sunshine, I just wanted to remind all of our listeners to please rate the podcast on Apple um, Podcasts. Please uh, subscribe to us on any of your appropriate listening platforms. We'd really appreciate the support and it will help us grow to a wider audience. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Morals for spring. Groundbreaking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Voltaire, hair. I would personally like to learn about Voltaire. Okay, Christine. Ladybird. Is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quote? Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Okay. Take it away, Ladybird. You want to know how I got these scars? I. I quit. <laughs> Everybody wants to party with Aretha because I'm sexy and chubby, man. I have s- such doubts. <laughs> Welcome, episode thirteen uh, of Movie Time with um, <laughs> Anginari. We're back with another episode uh, after a rousing review of. Um, Castaway last week Uh, (laughs) for some of us Um, but we've got a special review for uh, of Little Miss Sunshine voted by the people again uh, this week so we're excited for that but again as usual let's get into what we watched this week Ariana Um, I watched a movie called The Lodge. It's on Hulu. It's a psychological thriller um, or horror movie that was suggested by my friend Ian. It's pretty good. Uh, It stars that kid who uh, was in It, one of the main child actors. Which one? Which one? The one with the stutter. Oh, never mind. Not Finn Wolfhard. No, not Finn Wolfhard. (laughs) (laughs) I actually associate him more with Stranger Things than It. Finn oh well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I just that's the things. only kid. Like that's the only one I know of. So yeah, yeah. But um, it was good. A lot of people said it was slow, like the reviews. But I just feel like it's just not a movie where it's jump scares or like specters are coming out, and it has really good acting. And I thought that the premise was unique. And I and for in terms of horror movies, it's so hard to come across something that's decently acted that has like a unique idea. So I would definitely suggest it. I really liked it. Um, I watched that documentary, American Murder, The Family Next Door. Good. It was good. I mean, it's getting harder and harder for me to watch stuff like that. Um, I mean, because it's very realistic, isn't it? It's yeah, it's all there's no narration. It's all footage. There's no narration. No, because the wife was a vlogger. Oh, is it only one case? It's not like multiple it's an cases. Hour, yeah, it's like an hour and a half. Um, right. Honestly, the guy himself not that like i mean the reason why we're always so interested in in these people is because like we find them compelling because we ask why do they murder people but this guy's like kind of just like not that smart and he just truly seems like a really dumb sociopath like (laughs) he just honestly wanted to basically just fuck his new girlfriend and then just decided to murder his family and like he wasn't really like that interest like he wasn't that interesting of a person so i was like okay you're a loser um, but that was really good, obviously. But he's no Luca Magnol. <laughs> he's no Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> um, and then just a note on The Vow, which is that series on um, Nexium. They had the most recent episode filmed in Buffalo, New York, which oh. is really strange. <laughs> I 
Because there's like this sort of like um, Catherine Oxenberg, I believe her name is. Her daughter's in the cult. And she's kind of like a famous, she's part of like a royal family. I think she's also like an actress. I'm not really sure. But um, the one of the guys that was, was like a journalist who was telling like, breaking news about this cult like a long time ago who's like very sketchy like he of course lives in buffalo and i'm like yeah of course this guy lives you he looks like a guy from buffalo like you know exactly (laughs) what kind of guy he is um and then the haunting of Bly manor that just came out i haven't watched it yet but i think i'm gonna watch it right after we record so i will return with my thoughts on that next week interesting interesting okay heavy watching Um, this week (laughs) for you yeah uh i only really just watched breaking bad i finished it um a pretty (laughs) a pretty disgusting (laughs) display by me uh to finish the entire series in two weeks um but i mean my my thoughts on the show are it's fantastic i mean there's like usually when you when you have a favorite show or you watch a show you can like tell which season's like a down season and just not that good there's what? a down season in that which one do you think it is the let they dragged that on for one season too long when they I go mean, to like the, the next up after gust when they go to the next factory i'm done i'm done at that point i, I mean i still enjoy it. The, the reason why i still enjoyed season five is because the end was just so good that like the last when Hank when Hank discovers it's him, that's where it, it gives the season some new life to me. Yeah, I just was getting really tired of. I get tired of watching uh, Walter White by the end of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's he, like obviously it has the good moments, of course, but yeah. I think I was mostly tired of like, oh, we're moving to another meth factory or whatever. Yeah, like, that okay. was yeah. <laughs> Like when they had Jesse Plemons and his crew, like he's that was a like okay, creepy little fuck. Yeah, he was a um, he was a fucker in that. He's yeah. a weird looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, like he's Jesse not Plemons. he's not aged well. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, he's um, a weird looking dude. But Kirsten Dunst loves him, so we gotta. Give oh him yeah, something. I forgot there. I forgot there together. Um, now here's mm-hmm. a question that I'm throwing to you, and that I have asked myself, and that I have wondered if this is part of like the discussion of the show. It's a minor thing, but I was always wondering if Gus was gay <laughs> because of that one scene that they show where he they're showing him when he's oh, originally yeah, selling yeah, the meth, yeah, and he's yeah. and he's got his friend with him, and they kill him. Yeah, he might no, but yeah, I mean, he might. But does he reference himself having a family though at a couple points? He does, but I think like. Is he married after that, or we don't? You know, know. what though? They I don't know if they ever get into that. I mean, it probably would be answered on that Better Call Saul if they ever dive into that more. But I always thought that that scene was like they're trying to indicate why he was so heartbroken over that particular friend getting killed. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean that was yeah. I love that scene though. That scene and then the scene when he kills everybody, when they kill everybody at the cartel house. I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a, a fantastic show, um, top to bottom. White's great character. I mean, Jesse, uh, uh, Aaron Paul doing Jesse Pinkman is phenomenal. Skyler's awesome. I love we've Skyler. got we've got like almost like a little Breaking Bad reunion and Little Miss Sunshine, oh, which we'll talk we got, about. We there, which some, we'll talk about in a second. In uh, even the setting as well. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say. I mean, I've watched that show about three or four times, and I find it every season I watch it, I have li- like little. Uh, less and less tolerance for um, Walter White. Like the oh yeah, the I mean he's quicker, definitely. Sucks. I, I get more fed up with him way earlier on. I'm like, I hate you. Like you're selfish. <laughs> oh yeah, he's very um, selfish. I mean, yeah, killing of the girl. <sighs> I I mean That's when he when he has when uh, 
Hank gets killed and then they're taking Jesse away. And he's like, oh, hold on. Uh, I watched Jane die. She was overdosing and puking. When Hank gets shot by uh, Jesse Plemons' crew, and they were, mm-hmm. he basically hires Jesse Plemons' crew to kill um, Aaron Paul or Jesse Pinkman. And then instead, he, t- he calls him off because he finds out Jesse Pinkman's with Hank. And they come anyway. They kill Hank. They kill Gomez. And then they take uh, Pinkman away. And as they're taking him away, he just like, oh, hold on one second. Oh, hey, by the way, I watched Jane die and puke and, and choke on her own puke. It was like the most savage moment of the show <laughs> i hate yeah i find that relationship so dis like i yeah, I've mentioned it's this tough. before i find it extremely sad like his character because he has no structure in his life he has a, presumably his pa- i mean his parents whatever he, his parents were they had money but they seemed to like always treat him like he was lesser than they they treat the other son like he's way better yeah. the younger brother yeah but i mean he just kind of wanted like somebody who made him feel like he could do something and then mm-hmm. walter white abuses the hell out of it <laughs> yeah yeah but it's a good show yeah it's a yeah. good show all right on to the movie news for the week uh what do we have about uh i think we're bringing ryan murphy back here yeah well, i wanted to do an addendum to um our news about him doing the Dahmer series because mm. I still say stop Ryan Murphy but I have read an article about it that seems to be, be like he's taking a perspective that I think is okay I mean I would rather the show not really be made I think but given that he's doing it this way apparently he's trying to highlight um how the police basically just like let it happen and it says that it's going to be from the show is going to be the, from the perspective of the victims so I mean it's better than what I originally thought it was going to be, which is probably just like a glorific, a really campy glorification of Jeffrey Dahmer. I still don't really know. I still don't really think it's like an appropriate project for him because he seems to fuck up everything. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll give him a little more credit than that. But I still think stop Ryan Murphy. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> stop Ryan Murphy still going because there was an article that Ariana sent me like middle of the week. And for some reason, we cannot find it when I was trying to add it to this news. But basically, the summary of the article is <laughs> he has eight shows in production. Which, no. <laughs> which to me is like, if you have eight shows in production, they can't be good. Like you can't focus on eight shows and say, oh yeah, they're going to be good. <laughs> Just like, that's he's really a, something though. Such an agreed line. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's our, our update on Ryan he Murphy. He must be stopped. We must stop him. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is starring in a new movie, News of the World. Hanks will play Hanks will play a Civil War vet and widower who now passes the time by traveling across Texas as a nonfiction storyteller. Okay. So before I watched pre- the trailer. Before we yes, we both watched the trailer. <laughs> before we get into this, I want to preface this by anyone who knows me knows I'm the biggest Tom Hanks fan. I think he's the, pretty much the best actor in Hollywood. Shout out Dan if you're listening to this. Um Okay. But this movie, the truth. <laughs> The trailer looks terrible. The movie looks terrible. What? <laughs> like, well, how do you make okay. me on this? I, first of all, I'm like, weird te- take to, like, do a Civil War. I'm assuming he's on the side of, like, the Union. But, like, I'm like, assume. weird take to do a Civil War <laughs> era film. Like, no one really cares. No one really wants that. Like, especially since it's, like, seemingly not really about, I'm assuming, like, racism. Like, it's just like, oh, we'll set it in the Civil War, but it has nothing to do with it, really. Well, just that who is the little girl? Does the little girl child. that he's reading to just have, like, some sort of 
she can't Is read she or something. It? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like she doesn't know words. Yes. Yeah, Cause she's like, horse. Like it's but like, it... he's like, yeah, that's a horse. <laughs> yes. That, that horse. Um, I have to say Tom Hanks does this thing with his eyes where he does that side glance. Do you know what I'm talking about? He does it in a lot of movies. I maybe, saw it in that trailer when Probably. he like, he does that. Like he squints <laughs> over at her when he's, but, I have to say he's always for me, and this is you're not gonna like this opinion. He's always a step away from being a really bad actor for me. No, and that move, boo, that trailer boo, showed boo. that he, that acting was horrible. No, no, the script is horrible. The movie's horrible. He's not horrible. He's he's trying to get he's that. He's delivering check. the lines horribly in that. But why does he take on every single project that? that enables him to be called a captain he's called captain in at least seven movies sully phillips he's captain sully he's on a train he's on a boat he's a captain of a horse he's like why is he always a captain (laughs) um he's on a plane he's on a plane he has a lot of transportation themed uh (laughs) tragedies yeah also releasing on christmas in this economy honey you're not going anywhere with this movie (laughs) um anyways yeah I, it's gonna be terrible i'm not gonna see it um even yeah. though i am a tom hanks stan um angelina jolie and christoph waltz will star in every note played film out adaptation jolie will play jolie <laughs> jolie uh jolie will play karina the ex-wife of an accomplished concert pianist named richard portrayed by waltz he has suffered many losses including the estrangement of his daughter when he gets diagnosed with als in his hands as the disease worsens and richard can no longer play the piano or live on his own karina reluctantly steps in to be his caregiver uh this is via variety i uh honestly i saw the uh the headline and sent it over to you and mm-hmm. i didn't really look into it but that that sounds like a tearjerker uh good film i mean i like them both i like christoph waltz and i like angelina jolie and yeah she hasn't been in stuff in a while she's I mean, a little overrated the but, uh uh i mean what's don't the one where she's the queen or uh oh. Maleficent, Maleficent. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I couldn't think of <laughs> the queen. I didn't think it's where you <laughs> the going evil that. queen. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, the thing that worried me is that I think the director is the same person who directed or worked on um, Thirteen Reasons Why. So that doesn't give that. me a lot of faith in. It could go really soapy and lifetimey. I'm not really sure how this is going to yeah, go, but I, I would be curious to see how it does. And I because I like the premise, but depending on how. Um, cheesy it is i don't know if i can watch it i I mean it's an interesting dynamic like an ex-wife who has to move back in to be the caregiver uh and Mm -hmm. it seems so fucking depressing that he has als in his hands and he can't play piano anymore um Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm excited for it i i I think it could be good um yeah i guess i haven't seen 13 reads so i can't be like um you know i have any expectations but we'll i mean we'll see it could be good yeah yeah uh, Gal Gadot will star as a as Cleopatra in the upcoming Cleopatra film. Uh, Patty Jenkins, mm-hmm. who directed Wonder Woman, it will be the director. Also via Variety. I mean, I love Gal Gadot. Um, I just don't care about Cleopatra as a concept. Excuse me. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be fucking cool. Historical drama? Are you kidding me, bitch? <laughs> you want to watch mean, like a movie on Lincoln, but you don't want to watch Cleopatra? No, I mean, I don't necessarily like. I don't. I haven't seen Lincoln. I don't really have a strong. Um, she's desire. an icon. Like I really want to see this, and I think Gal Gadot is. Uh, I mean, she's obviously gorgeous. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't say much for her acting skills. Um, I just haven't seen yeah. much of, with her in it. Uh, but I like her as her personality. Um, 
and she's yeah she's gorgeous uh i mean I don't i'll be know. watching this I'm, i mean i'm not saying i won't watch it. i just don't really give a thought to cleopatra um, maybe you should so yeah maybe i should uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fat Man uh, starring Mel Gibson a movie we just trailer came out this week that we watched to save his declining business Chris Kringle Mel Gibson also known as Santa Claus is forced into a partnership with the US military making matters worse Chris gets locked into a deadly battle of wits wits against a highly skilled assassin Wal- Walton Coggins hired by a precocious 12 year old after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking well shout out to the anti-Semite Mel, Mel That's what Mel I was going to say. Get him out of Hollywood, man. Didn't he um, beat up his wife too or something? Maybe. Was he a wife abuser? I, yeah, I think he was like a verbally abusive. Get the if, fuck if, out if, of if here. Only, I mean, yeah. Uh, the, not only is it Mel Gibson, but the movie, it looks so stupid. Did you it's watch like the trailer? A, yeah, I watched the trailer. Yeah, I well, I watched like a minute of it. It was like the longest was, minute of my yeah, life. Yeah, it was a long trailer. It was like two and a half <laughs> minutes. Like, oh, it was, it was like a gritty Santa Claus movie. I okay, though, and then the thing, and this is the problem with movie trailers in general. Like, you saw the whole movie in the trailer. Yeah. You don't need to see it. You see every beat of the film, like in mm-hmm. the trailer. Um, but no, obviously this is this is horrible. Like, no one wants to see this. <laughs> and they refer to him like the kid refers to him as Fat Man. Like <laughs> when he. When he gets the goal, he's like, "This is gonna pay for this fat man." <laughs> this is like, not what we want. Like, we need if there's only so much we can film right now and so much we can watch. This like, is don't give us this. Ew, we don't want this. This this is the like they basically were putting this out and they're like hoping that people are so starved for cart content that they're gonna watch <laughs> Fat Man with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to laugh, I mean, watch the trailer. But yeah, the trailer. Watch the trailer and you'll realize how stupid it is. But it is with uh, worth a a good laugh. Yeah. Um, Susan Sarandon to star in psychological thriller series Red Bird Lane for HBO Max. Red Bird Lane is described as a psychological thriller with a focus on morality. It follows eight strangers who arrive at an isolated house, all for different reasons, only to realize that something sinister and terrifying awaits them. The pilot comes from writer Sarah Grant and is executive produced by John Wells. I put this in here because we both like Susan Sarandon and mm-hmm. it's a psychological thriller, which you uh, seem to enjoy. So I don't know. Yeah, Any and a uh, psychological thriller on HBO Max, you know it's going to be good. HBO shows are always good. And I love Susan Sarandon, so I'm going to watch this. Do we know when it's coming out? Um, no. Uh, but I think it's like the first one of the first one of the first few like original series that HBO Max is doing. Um, cuz I guess it's like a little bit separate than just original I HBO, think, so I don't know. <laughs> I think the third day is is it like a, I think it might be like through HBO Max or HBO Now. I'm not really sure. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand the old HBO Now, HBO Max, HBO Go branding. Um, yeah, they made, it, they made it as confusing as it could possibly be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm ex- I might watch it. Probably not. I don't I'll know if you can it. watch that. It says sinister and terrifying. You won't be able to handle that. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe not. I'm gonna watch it though. Um, Disney Pixar Soul to be released on Disney Plus on Christmas instead of November 20th. Uh, the original 20th theater release. Joe Gardner, a middle school teacher, has long dreamed of performing jazz and music on stage and finally gets a chance after impressing other jazz musicians during an opening act at the Half Note Club. However, an untimely accident causes Gardner's soul to be separated from his body and begin to proceed 
uh, to the great beyond and Gardner escapes to the great before a world where souls develop personalities, quirks and traits before being sent off to earth. There Gardner must work with souls and training at the great before such as 22, a soul with a dim view on the concept of life in order to return to earth before his body dies and also to get to uh, his act before his enemy Paul attempts to steal Joe's dream. Um, I think this looks good. I think it's going to be a tearjerker. It's um, uh, animated. It is animated. Uh, cool, uh, cool concept. Jamie Foxx plays Joe Gardner, which he's, I mean, incredibly talented. David Diggs in Hamilton. He's also in it. Tina Fey. Um, I, I mean, I just love how it's focused on jazz music. I think the the soundtrack's going to be awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I think after so- watching Coco and seeing what they did with like the Hispanic uh, culture mm-hmm. and, and the music and the colors and the, the visuals, I think they're going to do an awesome job with this. So I'm excited. Yeah, I was going to say they do a really nice job of giving like a fleshed out um, portrayal of like, you know, a different um, culture. And I, I, yeah, I think this, that this could be really good. I was kind of slow to get onto the animated movie thing, um, but I'm, I'm more and more interested in it. I feel like as I get older, uh, they're usually, it's like, I mean, they usually kind of touch on like some adult stuff, like, yeah, <laughs> like they do. adult, I mean, yeah, adult they, themes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like Pixar does a great job of having like these intricate and plots. So yeah, I'm, I want to see, yeah, I'd want to see this. So, I mean, this is probably going to be another pay 30 bucks for it, but we'll do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not hopefully, like Mulan. Hopefully it's better than Mulan. Um, yeah. and the last piece of news <laughs> This why is very are you short. like adding this? I don't know why you're adding this to this. Mark Foster, director of World War Z and Monsters Ball, will direct upcoming Thomas and Friends movie, like Thomas the Train. I just put it in there because who's asking? First of all, why the director, he directed World War Z, and he's also now directing a Thomas the Train movie. And who's asking for a Thomas the Train movie? I don't. I mean, Thomas is like kind of a Creepy menacing figure. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, his little side eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know who's going to watch this. I feel like kids don't even really yeah. like Thomas. Kids don't know anymore. who the fuck Thomas the Train is. Let's so... do a Teletubbies. Like, get oh. something interesting, not Thomas oh. the Train. Teletubbies is creepy, too. Yeah. The baby son. <laughs> it, what is it? I don't even really know what it's about. Like, it's. <laughs> Teletubbies like, or Thomas the Train? About? Oh, yeah, I don't why know. Do they have tele- why do they have televisions? Someone explain. Belly? Someone hit us up and explain to us the premise of What's the deal? Um, but yeah, that that'll conclude movie news. Kind of some interesting topics. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot this week. Let us get into our review uh, mm-hmm. of Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine is a uh, 2006 movie uh, on. Oh, is on Hulu. It was streaming on Hulu if you have like the Showtime oh, or Stars oh, okay, or Showtime. Because okay. I was going to say we both yeah, we rented expansion. this. <laughs> so, um, but the synopsis their family, uh, a man, Greg Kinnear, his wife, Tony Collette, an uncle, Steve Carell, a brother, Paul Dano, and a grandfather, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin puts the fun back in dysfunctional by piling into a swag and bus and heading to California to support a daughter, Abigail Breslin, in her bid to win the Little Miss Sunshine contest. The sanity of everyone uh, involved is stretched to the limit as the group the group's quirks cause epic problems as they travel along their interstate route. <laughs> um, so yeah, directed by John Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who also directed Ruby Sparks. Uh, written by yeah. Mike... So they work with. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say that they worked with Paul Dano, Dano obviously, later yeah, in that movie. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, written by Mike Arndt, who also wrote Toy Story 3, 2010 movie, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I like Force Awakens. So, okay. He also worked on many notable animated films as part of the creative team. Yeah, he's got a long resume. It's interesting. It was an interesting thing to see him work on this because it seemed like out of line with what everything else he was doing. Mm-hmm. But made about a hundred million in the box office. It was nominated, I think, one. Yeah, nominated for four Oscars, including Best Picture, one Best Original Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actor for Alan Arkin. Well deserved. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it had a lot of buzz uh, when it came out. Let's uh, let's get into this movie. So okay. it <laughs> starts out. Uh, showing Greg Kinnear at the conference, right? He's kind of doing his like nine mm-hmm. step program that he talks about that the uh, the entire <laughs> his MLM entire movie. program. <laughs> yeah, um, he and then it, it, we we basically flash to Tony Collette uh, at the hospital visiting Steve Carell, who just attempted suicide uh, by I think like cutting his wrists, basically. Um, yeah. and he is a professor at a college. Uh, he had fallen in love with his grad student and he's gay um, fallen in love with his student and he didn't love him back. And like, all these other misfortunes fell upon him. Uh, and she has to take, basically take Steve Carell to live with the family uh, while he recovers. And so they can keep watch over him basically. So he doesn't commit suicide again. So we travel back to uh, the Hooper, Hoover household, Hoover household. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got the whole crew there. The beginning, the intro also has like kind of just showing the different, it kind of shows each character's different life a little bit. Like they show Paul Dano doing like the push ups and the pull ups in mm-hmm. his bedroom. They show Helen Arkin like snorting Coke in the bathroom. It's heroin. Um, yeah. And Abigail Breslin uh, watching. She's, like, she the opens the. Isn't yeah, she, she opens isn't the interesting her wa- wa- mm-hmm. watching the uh, beauty queens and yeah, and she's like you know. crying as like trying to pretend to cry like the, the beauty yeah. queens. So that's kind of the intro of the film, and then we get into like the family dinner scene. Um, they're all coming home, which just kind of highlighting the dysfunction uh, of the family. Uh, <laughs> like Greg Kinnear and Tony Collette are already fighting. Paul Dano is in a, vo- a vow of silence because he said he wasn't going to speak <laughs> until he got into the Air Force or something. So he's like writing on a notepad. And it was weird. I thought it was weird. Like they must not have a close relationship with the uncle or Steve Carell. It seemed like almost a little bit. Yeah, they don't touch on it uh, much. It seems like they, I mean, and this is something that's sort of a theme in the film is that they're all kind of odd in their own yeah. way. So he seems like to be a person who was kind of obviously a little bit ostracized because he was gay. And so it seems like the kids don't really have a sense of who he is that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's not a big brotherly sisterly connection between him and Tony Collette either. Like not, you know what I mean? Well, they, so the yeah, they have like a few moments like where you can kind of tell, like I thought when he was arguing with, yeah, Gregory with Greg. Kinnear in yeah. the car. That was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they don't really give you much build up. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, he tried to kill himself and they took him home. And then like, you're jumping into the, the plot of yeah. the movie. I, um, I uh, wrote down that Greg Kinnear is kind of like another Patrick Wilson. He's in a ton of movies, but he's just not that famous. I don't he know. I put him above movies. Patrick Wilson. I put him above Patrick Yeah, he's, he's a little, I mean, yeah. So... Also, Tony Collette looks very young in this movie. Just she looked really pretty. Yeah, she looked like really and pretty in this. Movie. I didn't. Oh, I was just gonna make. A, I was gonna make a comment that she's just an interesting looking human. <laughs> she is interesting looking, but yeah. 
she's just very like charismatic in all of her roles like it's mm-hmm. she has like a very attractive energy i think yeah. um yeah and steve carell this is before he was famous so this is early they actually slotted bill murray to play that role that would have been interesting or or he... robin or robin williams which i'm like that would have been too no much, I think. robin he williams would have been too much and bill murray would have been too old i think what at that time in 2006 yeah i mean he was he's old i mean he's relatively i mean i i think i could see bill murray doing a decent job at that but i i I actually really like when carell does an understated role i thought he did Mm -hmm. really well in this role yeah i mean he was he was good um and so yeah like the beginning just seems to like highlight the dysfunctionality of the family all their separate lives and their quirks uh it also takes place in albuquerque which is just a very drab setting (laughs) i -hmm. feel like they try to like highlight the mundane too Mm -hmm. um also, I, I mentioned now that we're talking about people's attractiveness, Steve Carell, I mean, looking pretty good. Yeah, he's looking handsome. And yeah, you know I who's mean, not? Uh, Paul Dano with that ugh. jet black hair. I mean, Paul Dano in general <laughs> is not really a good looking guy. He's uh, he's not good looking, but like he's a kind of guy I'm attracted to. Like, I don't yeah. know. He's got that weird sort of nerdy kind of bookish look to him. Yeah. I mean, I love Alan Arkin, too. He's hilarious throughout this movie. Isn't um, he in the Kaminsky method, though? That's what I was associating with. <laughs> That's a mom show. Yeah. yeah my, I haven't no seen the Kaminsky method, Kaminsky. but he's great. He's just, Alan Arkin. <laughs> yeah. He was really good in this. Yeah. Um, so they're at the dinner table. They're just fighting and, you know, talking and Abigail Breslin like wants to know what happened to Steve Carell's wrists. And um, he's like, Oh yeah, I tried to kill myself. Or at least Tony Collette tells him to basically uh, tell <laughs> Abigail uh, Breslin, like the Olive, reason why his yeah. Olive. Yes. Um, why his wrists are cut. And they're fighting and, you know, they're, you're kind of learning a little bit about everyone's life. And uh, yeah, Greg Kinnear has this book deal with Stan Grossman that he's trying to like get <laughs> the entire movie is him just like calling Stan Grossman and trying to get a hold of him because they need like a break because they're kind of going broke. Uh, and then they get a call or voicemail, Abigail Breslin, Olive winning uh, this like mm-hmm. contest to get into Little Miss Sunshine. So, of course, Tony Collette promised that. Uh, they would go if she if she got if she placed and they're fighting about money because they really can't afford the trip so they decide to drive in the van all together and mm-hmm. they basically all have to go the together Volkswagen. because <laughs> the Volkswagen bus um I mean the bus is just a great looking vehicle um it's very striking yeah it's a good set piece good set piece um so they get on the road and of course immediately it like breaks down uh and they go to the mechanic and they since the bus is so old and unique uh they can't they can't uh, get a part until like a week later so they have to he basically tells them <laughs> since it's a stick shift that if it's once it's in like second or third gear you don't need the clutch because he needs a new clutch and so they every single time they stop the car they all have to push it and then jump in which is just hilarious they all have to push yeah, it and jump in great. um it's very i mean it's it's so funny each time like it doesn't lose its charm the I think yeah. they probably do it like five times or something in the film. Yeah, it does not lose its charm once in the movie. It's a perfect framing, like the way, that, especially at the end. It's like one yeah. of the perf- most perfect ways to end the movie. But we can we can talk about that. Later. Yeah. Um. What I mean, is there anything to highlight in terms of it, like their first conversations? I think the funny part was was an Alan Arkin was talking to Dano about sex. He's like, "You fucking girls," basically, and like. <laughs> He just doesn't talk. Like he just doesn't. He's not saying anything the entire time. Um, just that. I'm just thinking about like at the dinner table when <laughs> Tony Collette's basically like, just tell her. Like, and she's seven. She absolutely should not be hearing this. Yeah. But you kind of get a sense of like just how unique 
she is when based on the way that she responds when when Steve Carell's like I fell in love with a boy and she's like that's silly like she's very oh, yeah. yeah I don't know you just get a sense of like how she's kind of like an illuminating presence like she's very I don't know she's got like that a really unique sort of childlike spirit that I think you know makes this movie she's she's like the star of the movie like, she's, really a like yeah, she's a Breslin star Abigail Breslin as an act as a child actress is like a, as a fucking star yeah she's one of the most endearing like I don't really like kids that much but she's Neither like the I. cutest kid and and like just imagine <laughs> being like seven fucking years old and just like knowing how to act I, yeah. like that just yeah. like that just like baffles me um and having like the fucking emotional intelligence as a, like a seven-year-old to act oh but, just a, a well another thing is that Paul Dano is obsessed with Nietzsche which I just think is oh funny. yeah, yeah. Like he's just <laughs> mm-hmm. taking the vow of silence <laughs> and yeah. writing everything on the on the pad but I thought it was uh I, I mean I like him I like him a lot in this role I like you can tell that even though he's like moody that he does like have like a good heart like mm-hmm. when he writes on the pad he's like please don't kill yourself basically tonight <laughs> yeah, he's like I yeah. won't do that to yeah you. he's like please don't kill yeah, please I mean they treat suicide with like such levity in this movie yeah <laughs> um, oh yeah mm-hmm. but I mean yeah like they don't really spend a lot of, there's a lot I mean it's a it's a black comedy in a lot of ways so mm-hmm. yeah they a lot of the topics they just zoom right through but Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think Alan Arkin and Abigail Breslin have a great chemistry. He's teaching mm-hmm. her like her routine for the end for the little bit <laughs> sunshine. And he's like, obviously so vulgar, but like, he's so, he loves Abigail Breslin. Um, mm-hmm. there's a couple, there's a scene later that, that kind of gets into a little bit more intimate about with between the two of them. But, um, it, they, yeah, like they're just a great, um, they're a great pair, uh, throughout the movie, you know, when they have their, their interactions. So they're on the road. Um, they stop at like a gas station because I think they, they need gas or whatever it is. And uh, so that fucking Greg Kinnear can call Stan Grossman again because he can't get a hold mm-hmm. of him. Basically Stan Grossman's dodging him. Uh, and then Steve Carell runs into like his former grad student lover. They buy some porno mags um, for Alan Arkin. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, they have to get out of the gas station. They have to push it. <laughs> push it along uh, well they, they forgot f- uh, yeah and they forgot olive wait is this after though they go to the to the diner because that's an important scene oh yeah this is, is after before. sorry i skipped that but um yeah we'll go back to that so the the diner scene yeah they go get uh they go get breakfast like a, like a denny's basically almost mm-hmm. um and olive wants ice cream that's a big mm-hmm. thing olive wants ice cream and greg kinnear is basically just a douchebag right like he yeah he's basically and they, she actually wore a padded, uh, like they she padded did. her to make her look chubby. Okay, because I remember, I, like I've seen her in other movies. I'm like, I know she. I mean, it's a kid, so like whatever. But yeah. I was like, she looks like she got like a little bit of a gut there. I'm like, has she always yeah. been like? Did she gain weight for this movie? Like that'd be weird. Um, but yeah. So she's like a kind of a chubby kid, and she discovers what like basically waffles a la mode is, and she mm-hmm. was really excited about the prospect of getting ice cream with her waffles. And then her dad is essentially basically ingraining in her that. To be a beauty queen, you 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 can't eat ice cream because it's gonna make you fat, and like mm-hmm. that's like the you don't want to be fat, and like you don't want to be a loser, and like he's mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> I don't know, he's just being an asshole. But yep. I just like love the way that they all kind of like when the ice cream comes to the table, they all start mm-hmm. eating, it and they're like, "You sure you don't want some of this olive?" And they, <laughs> yeah, and they're very cute with her, like, and then she ends up eating the ice cream. But yeah, the dad's obviously 
is enforcing like and he's also always slipping in something about like the the nine his marketing yeah (laughs) like oh you know you you know if you think you're gonna if you think you're gonna win or you if you think you're gonna lose and you're not a true winner that's like step seven or some bullshit Mm -hmm. um and i can tell that that scene was fun to film i felt like when i was watching them eat the ice cream they were all kind of like smiling a little bit like i i feel like they had some good chemistry during that scene um so yeah sorry i skipped that but they get to the gas station and this is when Greg Kinnear finds out that the book wasn't that he didn't get the book deal basically from Stan mm-hmm. Grossman. Like he gets all of them. He didn't get the book deal. Him and Tony Collette are fighting. Uh, and they end up uh, staying in a motel. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg and Tony Collette are fighting very loudly. Paul Dano can hear it in the other room. He's staying with Steve Carell. Um they don't really talk much about that. I mean, they do kind of frame it where they're like showing they're watching George Bush on the TV, but he uh, says, well, <clears throat> Steve Carell's like, don't listen to that and puts on the TV. It's George Bush. And yeah. uh, Paul Dano turns it off. And then he, they do like a zoom in of, on his face and he's smiling. I think he's smiling when the mom is like reaming out the dad about mm-hmm. her stupid, about a stupid fucking program. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get a sense that, uh, you know, the dad's an asshole and, and like Paul Dano kind of is like, I, my dad's a dick. Like <laughs> yeah, he knows he's dead, even though he doesn't say anything, he's got some good facial expressions, like very subtle yeah. and slight throughout the movie before he, you know, does start talking um, that you can tell kind of his reactions to things. Um, but then you flash to um, Alan Arkin and Olive in their mm-hmm. hotel room. And he's like teaching how to growl or whatever for her, for her uh, scene. And it's just very cute. And, they they finish up and she's in bed and she's like you know do you think i'm pretty and he's like you know you're 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 gorgeous i'm in love with you like you're you know because you're inside you're beautiful inside hmm. and, and it's just very you know a very cute scene between the two of them. yeah i like that scene because the walls were like purple when they're doing the close-ups of the face it just was like really fun imagery mm-hmm. um and i i mean it's you know it's sad that you can tell that the way she's internalizing the the logic that her dad is instilled within her. Like she doesn't, she's afraid to disappoint her dad already at the age of seven mm-hmm. saying like, she doesn't want to be a loser. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love that scene. It's really touching and obviously is more <laughs> serious touching. when you learn what happens. <laughs> yeah. In the next few, yeah, so the next, few scenes over, the next so. morning they find out that he dies in his sleep out Arkin. Cause so. he snorted a bunch of heroin in the bathroom. Yeah. He did. Oh, he did. they he show did. it when he's closing the door to the bathroom. He opens up his fanny pack with the hair. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He basically says earlier in the movie, he's like, don't do this when you're young, but do whatever the fuck you want when you're old in terms of like mm-hmm. snorting the heroin. But yeah, so he passes away. They have to go to the hospital. Um, and they're like, okay, we have to get out of here uh, because mm-hmm. once they find out he, he dies, they have to make it to the pageant, which is at like 3 p.m. I think they're in California at this point, um, mm-hmm. but they're not at yet to the the hotel. And once somebody dies, you got to take all the, you know, do all the paperwork mm-hmm. and shit. So that, which is going to take forever. And they, you know, <laughs> so they sneak into his hospital room and steal his body outside <laughs> of the room, which is so fucking yeah. absurd. And they put a, basically just put a sheet over it um, <laughs> and stuff it in the truck. Um, so again, an absurd movie, uh, absurd uh, scene. Um, <laughs> so they again have to get the running start in the Volkswagen. They're on the road, and then his <laughs> the horn in the Volkswagen bus goes out. Mm-hmm. So it just yeah. keep, that was so irritating <laughs> but funny at the same time. Like every five seconds, it would just go like. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> so as he's driving down the road, like everyone thinks he's honking at him, and then he gets pulled over uh, by none other than um, 
anxious. Oh no, sorry. Does, does he go to the? When does he visit he goes, Stan he, Grossman? He visits, the, he visits him at the motel in the middle of the night. Yes, he goes yes, and okay, takes okay. The, the, the bike or not even the motorcycle, whatever. It is yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a no nothing. It's kind of not really like a big important scene. Yeah. In the movie. Like he goes. Uh, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because Brian Cranston plays Stan Grossman, yeah. and we were just talking about Breaking Bad. So it's in Albuquerque. Brian Grant's, Cranston plays uh, plays Stan Grossman. It's really a no nut. It's like really a no not really a consequential scene. He's yeah, it doesn't like, really says, accomplish like, much. She's like, just like, you told me my book He solidifies that the dad's a loser and that no yeah. one. And also Stan Grossman's like a scumbag. But it's yeah, like, of course. Uh, yeah, but the dad's like, you're not like, he's like, you're like, no one wants you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're a loser. He's, yeah. Basically, he's like, it's not the so, book, it's you. Like the book is yeah. fine, but like you are a loser. So that's why it's not yeah. selling. So then again, so the flash forward they get pulled over by hank schrader who is the guy who can only play a cop and he's never played another role other than a cop (laughs) but he's funny like they pull him over he's creepy he's creepy though he is creepy (laughs) so they pull him over and he i mean obviously greg kinnear is like freaking out because he's got the he's got alan arkett's body in the trunk (laughs) yeah Um, so he takes him he for some reason they tell him to get out of the vehicle like very quickly uh, mm-hmm. He tells Greg to get out of the vehicle. They they circle around to the back because Greg Kinnear's like, "There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there." So <laughs> they go to the back. He opens the trunk up, and the porno mags are in there. <laughs> and this is yeah. definitely a very creepy like, scene. He pulls scene. him out. He's like, "Ooh, yeah, love those." Love <laughs> yeah, it's And then he like yeah. gets to the gay porno mag that uh, Steve Carell was like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> keep that." Um, but that was. I, mean, I just thought it was funny uh, that Hank Schrader was in it. I thought it was a nice surprise. Um, and another just like great comedic scene uh so yeah but the fact that he didn't see the body which is like so clear oh yeah 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 but i think it would have been yeah it would have been you you couldn't have done that like you couldn't have him see it because then they definitely wouldn't have made the the pageant and then you know Mm -hmm. um that would ruin the entire movie so the next scene is like they're rushing to get to the hotel like they're very Am I skipping something? No, you're missing the scene where she's doing the eye test on Paul Dano to oh, pass the time. Oh, yes. That's a huge scene. I'm a sorry. Pivotal scene, Angelo. Pivotal scene. I know. I'm, I'm all over the place. So for some reason, she's doing an eye test on. Because she stole him from like the waiting room when she's waiting for her grandpa. So yeah. Olive is doing the eye tests on mm-hmm. Paul Dano. He's mm-hmm. got perfect 20-20 vision, but they find out he's colorblind. Mm-hmm. When they find out he's colorblind, he has like the most stressful freak out in the back seat that I like. I was terrified during that scene. I'm like, what is going to happen? He's banging the side he's of the like- bus. He's basically he's having yeah. like a, a meltdown. Yeah. So they pull over. He he runs down the hill, and I think it's the first time you hear him say anything. He just screams yeah. fuck like yeah. very loudly, and he's crying. Um, and Tony Collette tries to console him. And she's like, I he's like, I fucking hate you, people. Like, you're not taking mm-hmm. me with you. I fucking hate you all. You're losers. I don't want to be with you. You know, very hurtful things. Yeah. And then Tony Collette walks back up the hill and she's like, I don't know what to do. And then she's like, okay, Olive, like, why don't you talk to him? And basically all Olive does is put her head on his shoulder <laughs> and magically everything is fixed. Um, well, like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. She's very, I mean, I think she doesn't even, she doesn't even really understand what's going on. Right. And she just knows that he's upset. She, she, she just kind of just goes down with her little red cowboy boots. She like walks yeah. down the hill. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just get the sense of like her charm. Yeah. I mean, he's like, okay. And I like, I love when they're walking up the hill and he like carries her a little bit. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So obviously the reason why it's so devastating is because if you're colorblind, you can't be a pilot. Yeah. So, so, bring up. so he's training. We obviously we mentioned he's training to be in the Air Force, but he find once you're colorblind, you can't fly planes. So, mm-hmm. um, so obviously he freaks out. 
So now we skip to the scene where they're rushing to get to the conference or to <laughs> yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, it's like 10 minutes before and they're like, okay, here's the exit. They get off of the exit for the hotel and they, cause they see the hotel and they find out like they're like going in the opposite direction. And then Greg Kinnear is just like r- driving through parking lots and like going like just He's driving on sidewalks and shit, <laughs> you know, just going crazy. They bust through like parking garage bar things. I don't know how to describe it. Like the booths, like the, mm-hmm. almost like the ticket booths. Um, so they finally get to the, the, the pageant they get there basically at 305 and the woman is packing up. She's a huge asshole uh, and doesn't want to admit them. And this guy is like a super nice guy. He's like, oh, I'll put you in the system. It takes me, you know, five minutes. So they get mm-hmm. her in. You see how creepy pageants are as soon as you walk, like kids pageants, how disgusting they are. I, I believe they used all uh, real child pageant really uh, stars yeah she Ugh. was the only one who wasn't yeah it's very grotesque i'll we'll talk about that a little bit more after but yeah you see yeah. how disturbing it is when these little children are basically being like sexualized there's they're yeah they're being sexualized by their own mothers yeah, and also I, like already going into this like disturbing role of like what it is to be a like beautiful quote unquote so right yeah so it's very creepy um and the, it's really just her getting ready for the pageant and they're showing the different events and they're showing like the the drastic difference between an olive and like these traditional like kid, you know, beauty pageant. Like her her outfits aren't as extravagant. She's not showing skin because she's like a fucking mm-hmm. And she's like a little pudgier. Than yeah, and she's a little like, pudgier. Like some of them have like abs or something. I'm it's like, very this strange. Is creepy. Yeah, like it's they're wearing really strange. So there's like, you know, a walk up like catwalk scene or whatever, runway mm-hmm. walk scene there, you know, or a contest. And uh, then, you know, I, what am I? Is there anything I'm missing in the past? Just that Paul Dano and Steve Carl sneak out for a minute and they go down to the beach to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually before I even saw the movie, there's always these screen grabs. This is a big thing on Tumblr. They would do screenshots Tumblr. of like movies <laughs> with the captions. And one of the big scenes is like, you do what you love and fuck the rest. Yeah. It's like one of the most quoted things on Tumblr, I feel like. But <laughs> yeah, they just have a talk. I just like that. Um, Steve Carell is a Proust scholar, you know, as a former English student of literature. Yeah. I like that. Um, I read Proust for the first time way way late in life but in grad school actually and he's a really great writer but he was gay so obviously there's some sort of uh uh kid like he feels like sort of a connection to Proust and I just like that he just like keeps bringing it up like I'm the preeminent <laughs> I'm the most preeminent Proust scholar <laughs> but uh yeah they're just kind of talking and and like I like that they're bonding like it's nice that they kind of are connecting Steve Carell and Paul Dano and it's mm-hmm. nice to just see them sort of be like, you know what, fuck it. Like, why do we care? Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they're just kind of having a small moment there, but that's really the only thing you missed. But they 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 go back just in time to like see, see like, her what's last. going on yeah. the pageant, and they're like, oh shit! Like Paul Daniels, like I don't want her to go. Like, yeah. To do this anymore. He they they get back and like Paul Daniel looks around. He's like, I don't want anybody. I don't mm-hmm. want her going up here. It's fucked up. These people are fucked up. Like she's gonna get laughed at. So basically, mm-hmm. last second, they all try to. Um, Paul Dano and uh, I think Greg Kinnear and mm-hmm. Steve Carell, like they try to get her to mm-hmm. uh, get Tony Collette to be like, we can't let her go on there. Like it's you know they're just gonna get laughed at. These people are fucked up. They're they don't they're so shallow and you know whatever. And they're like, you know what? Like she wants to do this. Like let's you know 
let's just let her do it. So they all have like their talent show competition. Like some girls do flips, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. some girls singing. Uh, and then, so Abigail's perform, uh, Abigail Breslin's Olive's performance is her dancing to Super Freak uh, by Rick James, um, yeah. which is what Alan Arkin basically selected for her. So she dedicates it to to her grandpa uh, before she does it. And I mean, it's very like uncoordinated dance moves. It's like ra- a kid raunchy, but not like in a gross she's way. She's like, stri- well, the thing that's funny is like she's stripping and she doesn't know what it means. Yeah. But right. the, th- the, the way that the, the audience members are offended as though they hadn't just watched little girls <laughs> fucking walk out in the most sexualized manner like i just thought it was funny yeah. that it's like they that's where they draw the line it's like but right yeah, because she, she was like... doing it basically because she was doing it in a different way um and i love that the the one person who's into it is like the actual beauty queen like you see her who's judging oh the one yeah who, where she mm-hmm. asks earlier like do you eat ice cream we forgot like, about I that love but, ice cream but yeah she's like really enjoying it Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's enjoying yeah, yeah. watching her dance and like she's just having fun like she doesn't really know what's going on mm-hmm yeah, so she's you know doing her dance, and then people are starting to get really angry in the audience, mm-hmm. um, and like people are like booing and stuff. So then, basically, the entire family runs up there and starts doing the dance with her. Well, yeah, the southern ladies like get this girl off the stage. Oh yeah, they so try to drag t- her. She off. tells the dad like get her off, and he goes to like maybe say something to her, but then he's like no, and he just <laughs> he starts like doing like really stupid dance moves next to her. Mm-hmm. And then they um, all start going up there and dancing. Yeah, and then like Steve Carell gets up there and Paul Dano and uh, then Tony Collette joins and like the song is like a very extended version. Yeah, it seemed very Super long. Super Freak, it seemed long. But yeah, um, they just kind of just are like, fun, like who, who fucking cares? Let's all just go up here and have fun. Yeah. Uh, and the host of the show was a super mm-hmm. fucking creep. The host of the pageant. Oh, the guy? <laughs> yeah, the guy. He was a fucking creep. Yeah, like I said, it's very... Very creepy audience, creepy show. I hate. It was so disgusting, um, honestly. Um, but yeah, then it then it's over. I mean, obviously she doesn't win the pageant, but they kind of just go outside and they're like, okay, like it's over. Um, and mm-hmm. they they put the door back on, and then like the last time they all jump into the mm-hmm. um, Volkswagen bus to like jump in and run mm-hmm. in and jump. It's kind of like more heartwarming. They're all laughing and it's funny mm-hmm. and, and all that. Um, and then they bust through again. <laughs> they bust through like the parking, uh, mm-hmm. the toll ticket uh, booth again. And that's how the movie ends. Um, what did I, we miss in any like any scenes or particular things um, you want to go over that I've missed? No, I, I mean, I, I just thought that around. like the scenery, the, Im- the imagery of the bus driving in the landscapes was really pretty. A lot of the shots of that um because it was like such a bright color and often they were showing like a really bright blue sky um but yeah oh the music too i really liked the, the instrumental music they actually had two songs by sufian stevens in there oh yeah, he's like a pretty famous do you know who he is i've heard of him yeah he's like a pretty pretty big artist but i thought that was cool like i just really liked the the, the score for the for the movie i thought it was really mm-hmm. good um, but yeah, you can really, no, I don't think you missed anything. I just, just jumped around a lot. Um, which I'm sorry, I fucking forgot to go over the, uh, the air force, his air force yeah, freak out. I don't know why I skipped over that. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your rating for this? I gave it a 7.7. 7. I thought you were going to give it higher. Actually. It's a good move. Like it's a good, it's very unique. And I think that it, I like, like I said, I like the visuals. I like the soundtrack. I like the premise. I think Abigail Breslin is like amazing and she's so lovable. Um, I love the cast. Um, but yeah, I guess 
I don't know. I think it's different when you watch it a second time because that was my second time seeing it. So it wasn't so like I, I already knew what was happening. Yeah, I think it's not as um, maybe impactful the second time I watched it. Uh, yeah. Um, this movie was going to be in the, the high sixes for me until the last scene. The, the last scene was very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a seven. I gave it a seven. I think this movie, the high it was enjoyable, but it just like... <laughs> It just wasn't, it was almost like a nothing movie to me Yeah. In some, in some ways, like not enough happened. It was very brisk too. Like it's an hour and 40 minutes or 45 minutes, but it felt a lot quicker than that. Maybe it was just very like well paced. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It just like, it just didn't do much for me. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. There was a good, a lot of, a lot of funny moments, great chemistry in the cast. It's just, yeah, like I said, it was missing a little oomph for me. Yeah, well, it's because they glide over the surface. Like, I think that it would have been, it was almost too heavy on the comedy, I think, maybe. I think so. Like, they didn't hone in on much on the dramatic. Like, I mean, there was a suicide yeah. attempt. The grandfather was a fucking drug addict. I think that was kind of what they were aiming for, though. No, yeah. I mean, like, he died. That was, like, barely really talked yeah. about with, like, that much gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like the, I guess, the theme of the sense I mean, it's funny because the dad is so opposed to failure and losers, but Mm -hmm. the whole movie is just a bunch of people are just failing at everything they do. They all fail. (laughs) And they're they're all like this ragtag group of uh, people that are just kind of like one's as weird as the next one. Like, I just really like the, the, I guess you really under, I don't know, I guess they're related to like that sense of like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, (laughs) blood is stronger than water. Like, I don't think you necessarily (laughs) like are automatically getting along with like everyone in your family. But I did see like that, the way that they were bonded together through their oddities. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate it. Um, I just wasn't overly impressed either. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable. I would rec, I would recommend to watch it. I, I yeah. Guess it's I a fun it. movie. It's a fun watch. It's a nice, it's, especially if you haven't seen it. I mean, well, we've already talked about the whole plot, but if you had no idea what it was about, I mean, it's a fun little movie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It gets, the I, yeah, it's not the most two thumbs up. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it reminds me very much of like a particular genre like era of indie movie. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I love Paul like, Dano though. Huh? How old is he? Paul Dano's got a shit. Paul Dano's got range. He's got yeah, hell of he's, a range he's as great. an actor. He is great. Um, yeah. So that that'll conclude uh, that'll conclude the review for this week, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, next week we're gonna get into spooky season S Z N uh, with Hocus Pocus for our next review, <laughs> and then uh, I think we're gonna do Silence of the Lambs after. That. Um, so very exciting in the spirit of Halloween. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that's going to conclude the episode for today. Remember as always rate, subscribe, download our episodes, follow us on social media, write us a review, say, Angelo, yes. you're an idiot. This only great. if it's no, only if it's good. Don't write anything bad. I cannot take constructive criticism and I will not. Not that I can't. I won't. So don't. Our podcast is perfect and cannot be improved. Yeah. We um, cannot be improved in any way. If you have constructive feedback, you can DM it to us on Instagram or maybe my personal Instagram since Ariana doesn't want to see it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send all your <laughs> complaints to Angelo, please. Uh, all right. Well, that'll conclude the episode and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.